0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. And by Shurton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.
1: From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business New Orleans style.
2: Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. From as far back as the 1990s, when people used to watch network TV, marketing pundits have talked about something called the convergence of content and commerce. What that meant was, suppose you liked a top that Rachel was wearing on Friends. You would click some kind of button on your remote control, and you would magically and instantly buy the same top. Well, that never happened. Now we don't watch TV the same way, but we do obsessively stare at other content on other screens. Among them, we pour over Instagram on our phones. We look at literally endless streams of photos and our friends, food, clothes, dates, vacations, and a million other things. If you're in business, every marketing advisor tells you you've got to be on Instagram because that's where the kids are. If you weren't sure exactly why you had to be on Instagram, a new New Orleans tech startup is finally delivering on the decades-old promise of convergence. The company's product, Mainspree, allows you to turn your Instagram feed into an e-commerce site so your followers can buy what you post. The CEO and co-founder of Mainspree is Dalton Dean. Dalton, welcome down to lunch. Uh, Thank you for having me. Now, back when we were watching Friends on TV, there seemed to be an obvious demarcation between work and leisure. Uh, Today, thanks to being constantly available, we're working longer hours, and so it's become important to make the most of the few hours of leisure we can grab. If you take a night off to go out, waiting in line for an hour at a restaurant, or if you feel like a quiet evening being crushed in a crowded bar can feel like a serious and expensive waste of time, Michael Underwood is setting out to rule that problem out of your life. Michael's app, SceneHound, lets you see how busy bars and restaurants are in real time, so you can find effortlessly the atmosphere to suit your mood and enjoy the perfect night out. Michael, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. What a privilege it is to be on here. Dalton, one of the questions everybody in business has asked about social media since its inception is how do we monetize it? It looks like with Mainspree, you have found the holy grail that answered that question. Mainspree is simple enough to set up and manage that it reportedly allows anybody to sell anything on Instagram. How does Instagram feel about this? Do you have a relationship with them? So,
3: no, we don't have a relationship with Instagram, uh, but what we really found was an opportunity. Small businesses primarily were posting a lot of images of inventory that they have. So, so for example, a retail location, um, they would post pictures to Instagram and then there wouldn't be an effective way to buy the item. What we saw were a lot of conversations being had uh, in the comment sections of the post asking the, the store owner, how much is the item, what colors, what sizes do you have? And then by the time that the store owner came back and responded, there wasn't a way the, the potential customer had already lost interest to move on. And so that's kind of where we found an opportunity to, well, hey, look, let's leverage the, the, the posting habits of the store owner and the desire to purchase that the co- consumer has, and let's create a way to, to simplify that process. When
2: they go to, uh, when they go to your your information comes up. Does it have the application to, for size and availability and color and all that?
3: Yeah, so, so we built it all for the smartphone. Uh, we didn't want store owners uh, to have to have to deal with a laptop to create an, an item that they wanted to sell and then open up their cell phone and then go into Instagram and post the items. So we streamlined the whole process uh, via mobile. Uh, but they still get to answer all the same things. You know, what sizes do you have? What quantities? What colors? So the whole inventory process is still there.
2: What's that sales function like? Do you do people get it right away? Um,
3: not at first. They <laughs> didn't. Um, but we've worked pretty hard with them uh, to kind of develop the user experience, and that, now we have a pretty seamless flow. Um, it's. It's just a couple of questions, no different than you would build something online or no different than the questions you or I would have when we walked into a store. It's, hey, do you have my size? Okay, do you have the color that I want? And then how much is it? So it's pretty simple.
2: And the uh, Instagram users, they have a credit card that's set up through you guys?
3: So we integrate with credit card processing companies like Stripe and PayPal.
2: And uh, where, do you, where do you get your revenue?
3: So we take a percentage of the transaction. So Mainsprey is completely free for any small business to use. Um, and then whenever somebody purchases an item, then we take a percentage of the sale. So no different than how uh, the credit cards m- make their revenue
2: the, as well. Now, Michael, anybody who uses the GPS app Waze knows about the power of users. Uh, Waze users punch in real-time information that gets disseminated to other users so drivers get warnings like speed trap report of the head. But that information is a secondary function of Waze, which is primarily a navigation app. And Waze has millions of users. SceneHound depends on users reporting real-time conditions in bars, clubs, and so on to provide information for its primary function. And as a startup, I imagine you don't have millions of users yet. Uh, This would seem like a bit of an early-stage dilemma. How are you attracting early users before the app is working at full speed, which is presumably going to take a large user base. You're
1: absolutely correct about the user issue. Um, I've had to create both the customer and the user. Yeah. And that was the big problem when I first started out. Uh, what I've done is I ran ads on Instagram. Um, but that can provide like be, prove to be costly. And um, what I had to do was figure out other ways to acquire users cheaper. And one of the things I did is I've gotten cocktail napkins printed up and pass them along to my customers which they've been giving out to all their customers so they see the napkin they see Scenehound, how and they question what it is they go and download it and then they start using so we're continuing to grow every day uh, but the strategies that i've had to come up with now are, are going to be city to city i can't just launch this to the whole us because i have to build up a market in each place that i go and uh, you mentioned the uh the customers themselves are these the bars restaurants right and so that's correct and how does it work with them? Okay, so the company is a SaaS. Um, these bars and restaurants pay a monthly fee to be able to post exclusive deals to the users. So users may get things like free drinks or free food or free covers into like some bars. So everyone's getting value out of it. And they get to pull people in uh, to their place
2: that may not have come, and the users get free things. I was reading about you, and it seemed like you've had this idea for a long time. I have. And... What, I guess, what took you so long, or what finally allowed you to get going? Well, uh, the idea
1: was, uh, I guess, conceived about eight years ago. Um, but eight, about eight years ago, the technology was, was limited, or at least it was too costly to enter the market. So I had to think on the idea and figure out a
2: solution that I, that's affordable and scalable. I see where both of your, your revenue sources come in from, which is always kind of the mystery in apps. So I'm mm-hmm. glad we uh, glad we get, get that going. Why do people become users? Do people just love to take f- these photos? Yeah, I, I think I think
1: people really desire to, to craft their night out. Um, and that's the thing. Some people want to go to a, a very crowded place because they, they like the, the energy and the atmosphere. Um, other people like me. Um, hard of hearing, and <laughs> I like to I like to go to a quieter place so I can have a conversation with someone, and that's actually how the idea came about because I was crammed in a very loud place with a bunch of friends, and I was having a
2: poor time. <laughs> See, th- maybe you didn't even know that. And You guys are actually buddies, right? Right. Is uh, did you? Uh, is there any kind of a crossover? Do you do you talk ideas to each other? Or? Oh, all the time. I mean, that's that's something that that's
3: been beneficial, I think, to both of us. Um, is just the ability to. You know, kind of in the in the startup world, you end up kind of being by yourself a lot of the time and you end up bouncing ideas, you know, kind of just off yourself when it's really nice to have somebody else that you can reach out to and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, let's go grab a coffee, walk around the block and, and let me get your opinion on this. Because what usually ends up happening, what I find is I'll go to somebody like Michael with an idea. Hey, what do you think about this? And then he'll have an idea in response to that. And by the time we get around the block, we've crafted you know, a different solution than either one of us started with.
1: I think, too, yeah. people who are involved in startups are natural problem solvers. And that—that that is, I think, what keeps us going is what is solving the next problem. And so you, you put more minds together like that. Someone's going to think about something just a tad different, and it's
2: going to have that aha moment. Oh, and, and it's interesting because of this entrepreneurial community we've we've developed here that these kind of things can happen, which is.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I personally have been very fortunate. Um, the community has really like wrapped their arms around me, um, since I've gotten here. Um, and this, this app is, is mine, but it's also belongs to the new Orleanians here. And when we start to scale across the country, I want everyone here to be proud of something that they were
2: a part of from yeah. the very beginning. And when you talk about going to other cities, uh, what's the idea that you really get get it down here, get it to a size you want before you, you move on? Right, that's
1: exactly what's going to happen. Um, I have an investor out of New York. He wants me to bring it to New York City next, but I'm starting to alter my strategy. I think what I'm going to do is go after college cities. Um, oh, th- those users tend to spread the word quicker, and
2: so I can gain a critical mass a lot faster in each city and move on. And and Dalton, your background—I mean, you know a lot about this marketing. You were with, uh, see, Anheuser-Busch InBev Bev, uh, doing what sounds to be the, mo- the coolest job in the world, because you were doing promotion at all the events, right? Right. Yeah. I bet it's actually a lot of work, is it?
3: Yeah, so I mean, it was kind of the best and worst job of all time. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I started it during college, uh, just kind of doing stuff on a local level. And then when I graduated college, I went to kind of the national scene. And every week we would be at Super Bowls or Final Fours or NASCAR races or concert series. So Well, basically whatever the biggest event was in the country that week we were at, well, that's great because you're there, but there's a lot of travel. Um, In two years, I was on the road over 600 days, 45 different states, Um, so it was living out of a suitcase. So it's great when when you're 23, 24, 25, 26 years old, but after a couple of years, when you, when you f- can't remember what time zone you're in from time to time, <laughs> it's time to look for something different. And so that's kind of when I, I transitioned out of that.
2: And when you did those events, that's one of those things people don't think about, but you show up days in advance, right? And, right. And yeah,
3: so we would go into, we would go into, to so take the Super Bowl we did in Arizona several years ago. So we're there for two, for that event, we're there for two weeks before the event happens. And then, so we're having to work and do stuff during the day, and then we're having to go and do stuff at night and be up the next morning. And then over the course of seven days, you slept you know, 10 or 12 hours, <laughs> and you're just basically a zombie <laughs>
2: at that point. And it's, it's, it wears on you. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rusciutti. My guests are Dalton Dean, who's app Mainspree, lets you turn your Instagram account into an online store. And Michael Underwood, whose app Scenehound gives you real-time reports on what's going on right now in bars, clubs, and restaurants around town, Michael, what about with uh, you on with the the bars and restaurants and such? Is it like a foreign concept? Do they turn around and get it?
1: No, they actually understand it pretty quickly. Um, the value proposition for bars is uh, very high. They they get it right away. They see no downside whatsoever. Restaurants can be more trepidatious because. They have, um, I guess, like a negative connotation. If, if a restaurant is slow, they feel like that might not portray like a, a oh, good, yeah. eg- like a good example of it. And they also think if it's too busy, that that might ward people off. But the, if it's too busy, the people who come and it, they see it's too busy, they're right. going to turn around anyways. Right. That's um, and the, the, the too slow part, most people are looking for a place to go eat pretty quickly so they can move on with their night. You've got these great ideas. Do you worry about them being stolen? no what it all comes down to is execution and focus and i don't think there is anyone out there willing to outwork me and um i that's where i've been so successful and, and that's how we've grown so quickly um but i don't know, dalton
3: yeah I, I i couldn't agree more with that to tell you the truth um most people don't really understand is if they're already working on something you're miles ahead of the, the person that you're just talking to. And even, even if I were to jump in there and, and go and build scene hound number two, well, he already knows so much more about the process. He's been doing it for months and years and thinking about it, uh, that there's no way that I'm gonna catch up. And his strategy has already been developed and he's already kind of worked through the kinks so much faster than I could ever do it. So the competitive advantage is, is always in the person that's been doing it. You know, they, are, they already know so much more.
2: Dalton Michael, it's time for the part of the show We call your brother-in-law. Picture this You're you're taking a rare day off from work, relaxing when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he wants to crash on your couch, but this time, things are a little different. He needs some advice. Uh, Dalton, your brother-in-law has an awesome idea. He's moving to Denver, and he's going to set up a weed shop on Instagram. (laughs) Now, obviously, he can't sell any product outside of Colorado, but this is a great opportunity to get in on the pot home delivery business using Instagram and Mainspree as the free tools and free marketing. He knows a lot about weed, but he doesn't know a lot about business. And he'd like you to go in with him on this venture as a partner, what do you tell him?
3: Well, first of all, I'd, I'd have a hard time with the brother-in-law. I've got five brothers and no sisters, so I, I kind yeah, <laughs> of so no, have a hard time with the a math problem, right? yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, so what do I tell him? Um, I tell him to get out and talk to as many people as possible um, it 's all about data collection, and that usually gets put as a technical term, but it 's really getting out on the street and, and figuring out if he wants to go and build this this marijuana you know store in Colorado. well, you need to go do some research, talk to some people you know is there so in that specific industry, you know everybody has done that in, in Colorado so far, so figure out what you can do to to, you know, to improve it or to find your niche or whatever it is, and figure out what people are missing out on uh, and kind of go that way. The thing that I struggle with the most or that kind of irritates me the most is people that have an idea and they want to go build a product and a company, but they haven't talked to their customer. They don't even really know who their customer is. They think they are because maybe they have a problem or they have an idea by themselves. But it's really, if you haven't got out there and talked to people, you don't know anything. I mean, we've had to do that with Mainspree. We've pivoted several times uh, because of that. Had to rebuild the product a couple of times um, because we got out there and we talked to people and we put it in their hands, and we had these, you know, ideas of how they were going to use it, and they didn't use it that way. They had another idea of what they wanted to do. Um, so I would I would tell him to stop everything he's doing and get off the couch and... Go out and talk Those to some people People
2: spend a lot of time on the couch. These right. People are exactly. So this is uh, right. Michael, you're
1: signaling that you couldn't be in more yeah, agreement. If if anyone takes away anything we've talked about today is what Dalton just said. You have to find out what your customer wants, because if you don't have that, you don't have a business. And that's I think people are afraid to do because they're afraid of failure. Um, where like I built a tool. The tool is not the business. I had to later develop that um and but what dalton's exactly saying i went out and spoke to customers asked them what they wanted what were their pain points and i developed a product
2: around the tool that i've already created i think a lot of people would say uh boy that's a lot of work or uh i'm afraid somebody will steal my idea but no you should just be a good listener i guess that's
3: right and i'd like to add on to what you said about people being afraid of failure um I'm completely okay with failure, and here's why: I would rather get out there and know if I'm gonna succeed or fail as fast as possible, so that I can move on to the next thing. Right? Like, why drag it out over you know your life or over years when if you could get out there real quick? Depending on what you're trying to, whatever your widget is, if you can get out there and talk to X number of people, some sort of sample size, and figure out that maybe I had a problem that I was trying to solve, but nobody else felt that as a problem, well, that's fine. All right, I can move on with my life and go figure out the next thing to to
2: start. Michael, your brother-in-law tells you he's got a great idea for a partnership business with SceneHound. It's called... You ready for this? Busload of hunks and hotties. (laughs) uh, It works like this. He gets a van load of good-looking college kids and buses them to whatever bar is quiet. So the scene hound report goes out as the place to be. The the bar pays a nominal fee. He figures he can move the hunks and hotties around to four or five bars a night. He just needs a small loan to buy the van. Uh, Are you in? No, I'm (laughs) 100% not in it
1: because I I want the app to be authentic. I don't want... Artificial audiences created. I, I want people to truly find the environment they seek because the overall mission of of my company is to change the way the world plans their night out. And so if we have an authentic audience and everyone is reporting correctly, it's a great exp- experience for everyone. Another bad brother-in-law. I might get yeah. on the, the weed business with Dalton's oh, oh, and really? <laughs> brother-in-law. I'm
2: glad one of them hit you. That's, yeah, that's uh, a good, that's yeah, a good I mean, market. There, there's a <laughs> lot of money to be made. That's it. <laughs> Uh, Michael gave us an idea how he plans to, to spread the business. What about yourself?
3: Well, that, that's, I'm glad he brought that up because it's actually kind of a fork in the road that, that we're at right now. Um, we're definitely going after the small businesses. Um, and the reason that we're going that route is because they all know each other. They all shop at each other's stores, and so they all kind of help each other out. Um, it's not really a dog-eat-dog dog world for next-door neighbors that own different retail stores. Um, they help each other out. It's, hey, how do we, how do we rise the tide for everything? Uh, but we're also looking at some other opportunities of, of maybe going into some enterprise solutions um, and, and looking at some of the big box retailers and helping them move uh, product
2: from on a store-by-store uh, basis. They could use a hand in this market. Right. So this, uh, <laughs> it was only a few short years ago that we were introduced to the Word app. Today it seems like there's an app for everything except in business, you come to find there isn't. There is an ongoing search to find reliable and workable ways to monetize social media. Dalton, MainSprey is an exciting part of that solution. And Michael, SceneHound is part of the search to marry crowdsourced information with utility and efficiency to improve quality of life. Uh, Congratulations to both of you for working out the technology for these enterprises and getting your companies up and running right here in New Orleans. Uh, Thank you both for taking the time to join me today and out to lunch. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dalton Dean, CEO and co-founder of Mainspree, and Michael Underwood, CEO and founder of SceneHound. You can find out more about Dalton's Instagram commerce and Michael's live leisure reports by following the links on our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Greg. Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music can be found wherever great jazz is streamed or stolen. And at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast and you can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, wwno.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like and you can see what really smart guys look like, this is going to be a great treat. You can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch.
0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. And by Schuert Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.